0: Welcome back to Humans of Purpose, the weekly podcast featuring conversations with local purpose-driven leaders, leaders creating social impact through their work and fostering a new era of social progress. We want you to listen, connect, and grow with us. Learn more at humansofpurpose.com.
1: At times, I can come home exhausted because I like to give all of myself you know, to people that I meet and when I'm at work and all that kind of stuff, but authenticity is probably a word I would use. Uh, and I'm getting better at that because I'm someone who um, tries to please people uh, or have been in the past um, and, and wasn't very good at having the difficult conversations and all the rest of it. But um, I think I'm trying to practice authenticity and, and smell the roses. My, my psychologist talks to me a lot about stopping and smelling the roses in life. Those are the wise words of Nick Pearce, CEO of Homey.
0: A short bit of housekeeping and we'll get right back to Nick. Firstly, we picked up a lovely five-star podcast review at the iTunes store from Josh, who called the podcast empowering, insightful, and actionable. Josh says, Mike does an incredible job leading conversations that cover a huge breadth of topics related to the ins and outs of building a thriving social enterprise and a life you can be proud of from leaders who have actually walked the path. I highly recommend listening and subscribing. Thanks, Josh, for that lovely review. Every review left does help others find out about the show. My gratitude, as always, goes out to our listeners who have opted to actively support the podcast by becoming Patreon supporters. We are now 17 and getting closer each and every week to achieving our sustainability target of 30 supporters. So, thank you to our Patreon supporter family, including Rich, Tanveer, Lucia, Judy, Jules, Sally, McCartan, Stuart, Joel, Misha Times 2, Bonnie, Olivia, Lyndon, Joe, B, and Will. Our Patreon family helped me shape the direction of the podcast through their advice ideas, guest referrals, and ongoing feedback. If you want to support the growth of Humans of Purpose, I encourage you to join our Patreon community. By supporting me to make Humans of Purpose, you're supporting independent local content production in the form of conversations about the things that matter most. To support us, just hit the link in our show notes or head to patreon.com slash humans of purpose. As mentioned today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Nick, CEO of HOMEY. Homey are just an incredible organisation that I've wanted to connect with for some time, so I was really lucky and quite pleasing that Nick was a fan and regular listener to the show, which traverse a range of interesting topics as you might expect for such a dynamic social enterprise that is tackling the highly complex issue of homelessness. I won't spoil it any further and hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did making it. So I am absolutely stoked to welcome uh, Nick Pierce to the podcast. Welcome, mate. Mate, thanks so much for having me. I should
1: say uh, co-founder and CEO of Homie. Uh, Yes, that would be correct. Correct. Um, Titles. uh, (laughs) Yes, I I would probably call myself a professional problem solver, but uh, no, they also work. Well,
0: look. If you have to take a title, it's not a bad one to take, and um, it's awesome that you were a listener of the podcast as well. That's very exciting for me because, uh, as I said to you, uh, you know, part of the main measure of success in doing all of this for me is that you want to reach the right people who you, you know, who, who you feel a synergy with, whose work is really making an impact. So that's special for me.
1: No, I mean, I appreciate it honestly, and and even just I'm sure um, other people obviously in the sector, etc. But to to have someone who's capturing the voices, and I, I think there's a lot of work that. Is done that isn't kind of, um, acknowledged and not that, you know, you're doing that for the reason to to have that. But at the same token, um, it is really nice that there's a voice that is also supporting the people that are kind of um, in the trenches.
0: Absolutely in the trenches. Um, And without further ado, I would love you to um, share with me and our audience a bit more about your kind of journey into the space because I think that will be intriguing and then we'll we'll take some some rabbit holes from there.
1: Yeah, great. Look, it's been probably about a a five-year journey really where um, essentially um, I met one of the co-founders, so there's three of us. But um, I met Marcus actually on a a fundraising um, bike ride for anti-child trafficking back in 2019. 2013, and we were raising yeah funds and wins for this cause. And I think um, what really resonated with us was that it was um, essentially it was it was pretty good fun actually. It was a, a thousand k ride, and um, obviously we we'd put in the hard yards and have a one or two um, you know Saigon Reds after um, the day. But um, <laughs> but but really, uh, essentially, it was for one school in a very remote region of Cambodia, and we just love kind of the the transparency and the tangibility of of that impact and that give. And we raised about forty thousand dollars in the end, which was really great. But I think. Further to that was actually the logic behind the give. So um, it kind of opened our eyes to, um, you know, there are various ways to support and sometimes unconventional and sometimes, um, you know, not what you think um, is, is the best way to support. So an instance was that obviously um, in these communities often um, the, the quality teachers are actually poached into the CBD um, and, and, and hence a lack of quality incentive for these students to engage in education. So the fact that um, we were able to sponsor like a teacher, you know, I guess um, their wage for a year, et cetera, you know, on face value, you go, well, why are you giving it to the teacher as opposed to the kids? But the teacher is actually bringing the kids into the school, hence yep. making them less vulnerable to exploitation. It just makes sense. So, we kind of, um, you know, thought that was really interesting and really nifty and thought, well, why can't we kind of try and think of a value add back home? And obviously, then, you know, came back to Melbourne and, and homelessness being so prevalent. Um, it's one of those things where I guess it struck a chord with us because we just couldn't understand and um quite comprehend why it existed, especially in Melbourne, obviously, you know, one of the most liberal cities in the world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I, I guess um, there was a natural curiosity there, um, but but I want um, to do something that, that had real value and was meaningful. Now, so- let me just um,
0: pause you there and just ask you a bit about... In that process of trying to figure out, you know, what is the problem? Can we play a meaningful part in the Mm, solution? mm. How do you go about kind of trying to tease it out, learn more about the the problem?
1: That's a really good question. I mean, I think the the advice is to feed your curiosity in a way. And essentially what we did was very simple. We actually just, I was studying um, at RMIT in the city and and Marcus was working at General Pants and essentially just went up and introduced ourselves to people that were living rough, uh, shook their hands, got down to their level, looked them in the eye and said, would you mind if we had a a chat? And um, it kind of went from there. And I guess that really, once we had those conversations, kind of challenged, you know, our preconceived notions. And to be honest, we were quite nervous and apprehensive going to the first person. But once we um, spoke to the first person, it was a ripple effect, and we just, you know, we were infatuated by this issue in the sense that we thought there was such an injustice in terms of the the negative portrayal and the stigma around this issue. And then educating ourselves actually and, and reading some of the information and and the fact that. You know, I guess how, how, how big the issue is, you know, 116,000 people and counting according to the most recent census and um, and also um, how well represented in a, in a negative way youth homelessness is as well. You know, that's yeah. kind of 38 into to 40% now of that 116,000 and the fact that there's, um, you know, 7,000 people or so who are living rough and 109,000 that are, you know, sleeping in cars, couch surfing, you know, in support of temporary accommodation, etc. And that's just the people that we know. So, as a combination of kind of what is the information that's out there that exists, which is kind of readily available online, obviously. Google's your friend, but also then just these conversations. That was what really changed it for us. I mean, I was fortunate to, to go to a, you know, a, a good school as a, as a, um, you know, a teenager and, um, essentially it was. The first person we spoke to who was quite amazing. Was actually a person who'd gone to my school, you know, and had the oh, same that's incredible. teachers. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of an age gap, but the same teachers. Yeah, um, and it just, you know, for me, it was dumbfounding. You know, how is this person? We, I know you knew this person, and
0: so your perceptions shattered a bit. Then about um, you must have had an idea in your head, as most of us do, who mm. don't spend a lot of time in the space yeah. about what your typical homeless person
1: uh, is. One hundred percent. You know, or? you're thinking just the grey hair and the mm. beard, and mm. you know, all that kind of stuff, and um, and the reality is just so contrasted. Mm. You know, and people who've come. Come from, you know, various worlds, uh, and as we spoke about, you know, it's it just doesn't discriminate. So that kind of, as you said, for me was a personal moment and touch point where I just kind of went, oh, you know, wow, like that's um, that's insane. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that this person, you know, telling yarns about no, oh, that teacher's still there and all this kind of stuff. And that was kind of also for me. It was quite disarming, and you know, we were having a, you know, a laugh together and all this kind of stuff. And people were walking past and just kind of, you know, like looking and really curious and kind of trying to listen in all that kind of stuff. And you feel like saying, you know, buzz off, like, you know, we're really getting somewhere. So anyway, we kind of took those conversations, um, and started a Facebook page it was kind of our first port of call. And essentially it was an awareness raising activity. So the idea was really to try and dispel those preconceived notions towards homelessness because. You know, as I said the people that we were talking to had these these stories and um, were people who I guess um, they weren't homeless people they were people experiencing homelessness and that yes. was really important I'm glad us. you
0: touched on that because I wanted to get to, to terminology and language mm. and you know I think language says a lot about um, what we believe uh, to be the people we're talking about absolutely and I think you know we've all got a lot of work to do because most people just say homeless people so yes. do, is, is your preferred terminology people experiencing homelessness yeah a person or? experiencing
1: yeah. homelessness yeah. absolutely I mean I think um, yeah you just, it doesn't define them you know but it's a yep. situation or a circumstance that someone can get out of, you know, if they are afforded the right level of support, care opportunity. And we'll get into all that, obviously. But I suppose
0: it's a bit like when people call um, people who are experiencing drug and alcohol substance issues, drug addicts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's a permanence to that that lingers that is just and kind of unnecessary and exactly.
1: stigmatised. Yeah, it doesn't do any justice. So it's, it's incumbent on us to really make sure that we use the right language and kind of pioneer that and at all times are consistent with that. So the young people that we work with as such involved in our kind of um, operation, the young people affected by homosexual hardship, and that language is informed by their feedback. You know, I'm someone who may or may not have had an experience with this stuff. I, um, you, you know, potentially had experienced homelessness for a week to two weeks or... Yeah. Um, but it doesn't define me. And, you know, unfortunately, that stigma, that it does linger. So it's really important to make sure that people can disassociate with it as well. Yeah. So we really try and challenge that, yeah.
0: And I think that's actually across a number of the sectors that uh, overlap with um, homelessness, such as, uh, you know, family violence, mm. um, mental health, and how do we kind of... Um, talk about what we want to talk about without applying labels that are unhelpful.
1: For sure. And I think, you know, it's, it's people who... Um... As I said, like it's people who have had experience who can inform others and educate. So it's a case of if someone does say, Oh, I saw a homeless person today, you know, not kind of you know, being abrasive, but saying, Oh, you know, it's funny. If you think about it, it's not actually a homeless person. You know, I've done that to my friends and family and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you kind of explain it to them, they go, Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then yeah. they change their language. I so. find
0: once you explain it once, they don't do it again, which is actually pretty powerful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's really powerful yeah. and it's good. Like it's just um it's 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 common sense in a way as well. So, you know, I guess drawing on from kind of, as you said, that was a real big learning for us, and it yeah. was kind of the the premise of the page, I think it was quite a simple formula. It was sit, chat, listen, share. And that was essentially sharing the stories of these people in their own words um, with their consent, uh, as I said, to ultimately try and, you know, challenge some of those preconceived notions. And And from there, I guess, um, it really gathered a lot of momentum. It was kind of like a humans in New York sort of type thing. Yep. So yep. Marcus is a very talented photographer um, and I was starting to sort of journalism at the time so we kind Who of you? yeah there so you best of both worlds yeah. i wasn't very good um <laughs> got by by the skin of my teeth but at the same token you know we, we kind of um both had a knack for it And um, it was really powerful. It got an enormous amount of momentum. It was a really popular page that was, you know, it was organic and it was reaching, you know, 500,000 people at its peak. Um, And that's internationally as well. So um, it wasn't the intention, but the best thing was that people were commenting on these stories and saying, oh, actually, I walked past them today. I walked past them for the last year and I I didn't want to speak to them because I just wasn't sure. And now I I know their name and I have something I can connect with you know, then with as well. So I saw Tom the other day. He's doing great. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And at the same token also I'm um, providing practical information about how to support these people. So often, you know, people go, Oh, you know, do I give them money or do I not? Or what do I go about it? And I guess the answer is that it's at your own discretion. You know, you can establish your own relationship. Um and also just to ask what people want. So often people go, oh, you know, don't get deterred, oh, I went and bought them a, a Macca's meal and they didn't want it. And it's like, well, they probably were offered Macca's 10 times that day. Yeah. And, you know, we all feel pretty ordinary after yeah. eating Macca's. Not
0: everyone wants Macca's all the time. no matter who they are. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of just also providing practical solutions and insights and it, it's worked really well. And I guess what we learned from that was that there was a really captive audience and people that genuinely wanted to kind of make a difference. So that's where one of the other founders came into the play, Robbie, who I went to school with. And essentially, we kind of had this idea of um, a big give um, and kind of uniting, I guess, our supporters as well as the people experiencing homelessness um, and essentially connected with some local services and hosted this event that we saw. Um, it was on YouTube, actually. It's called the Street Store Initiative. It's existed um, internationally, and we, I think we did Australia's first ever one. So we essentially held like a pop up cardboard thrift shop in Fed Square, (laughs) Uh, and you know it was it it had um, many great wins and successes, and it also had some wonderful learnings as well. But um, the basic premise was a dignified shopping experience. uh, Essentially, was to try and bridge the two communities. And so was that
0: in in a sense like a pilot for you?
1: One hundred percent. We didn't really know what we were doing. It was kind of very raw and um, just kind of good intentions. Um, But obviously, we 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 also didn't settle at that and understood that you know this day is not going to solve the issue nor is clothing, but. We kind of identified some really interesting things around, okay, well, we have this really captive audience who are engaged and uh, physically, you know, attending things. And, and that's how keen they are. They're getting a train to the city to and, and lugging along, you know, clothing that they've sorted through with care or mm. gone and bought some new items. So, that kind of meant a lot to us. Um, and then I guess it was really um, a case of going, okay, okay. Um, What more can we do? How can we do something that's more permanent uh, and try and, you know, kill two birds with one stone as well? Um, So, essentially, you know, Homie was kind of born out of that. So, we had this idea of – and we didn't know any better. We're like, let's open a clothing store Um, because, obviously, I guess the people who were giving as such were largely, you know, the cohort of young people and and we kind of realized that, okay – this is a great place to start. So um, we started a crowdfunding campaign um, like most people do, trying to you know get a venture off the ground. We had some runs on the board and some awareness because of this event that we had held um, and then essentially um, crowdfunded for um, opening a shop um and as i said we didn't really have any experience mark as it worked in retail but the rest of us were just you know going with it as such and um you know we had the passion and kind of the intent but we were always willing to refine and understood okay how can we make a real value add and what's kind of the contribution going to be that's going to make a a lasting difference or a more significant one than just kind of i guess some sort of relief that we could do initially it was kind of for us okay what can we do that's going to be deeper so we kind of um yeah, then got to a place of managed to crowdfund about $20,000. And we had this logo from our Facebook page that was really popular. It was this monogram that we still, you know, was a bestseller of ours. And we put it on some some blank tees and we offered it as a, a reward by the crowdfunding campaign. And that's kind of how the Homie label was born. Very cool. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, it's essentially it's like a label. It's very that, gritty. I like it. It is. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very, you know, and, our, and our, our, our brand kind of, you know, I guess, um, subheading is label for the streets. And that's that play on words around, you know, label for, you know, streetwear as well as, um, you know, homelessness as such. And just the idea. Of kind of making caring cool as well, which sounds a bit lame, and you know, even when you say it, but but really um, tapping into this market, which has existed for a long time, and and street culture, which is you know kind of um, something that is becoming more and more accessible for people as well. Um, Is it a model that's done overseas? Like. Look, to the best of Do there's no. homies we, we, exist overseas? We, uh, I, I think there are initiatives that I've, that I've seen, um, none that are exactly homie as such. But for instance, when I got off the plane to LA for the first time, I saw there was Homeboy Industries, which essentially works with people who are exiting sort of um, the criminal justice system. Yeah. Yeah. Providing. Uh, this,
0: that's kind of different, though.
1: Yeah. They have their own clothing brand, all that kind of stuff. Okay. But, but nothing that's kind of, I guess, um, there's a niche, I think, at the moment. So, you're bringing
0: in basically taking what the cool of that thrift kind of urban culture and yeah, and, dive and sort of taking that and then sort of parlaying that into supporting the community exactly, sort of on, yeah. the, on the streets. For sure. I mean, I think yeah. it
1: was just one of these things where, you know, caring could be cool. yeah, And, you know, people were, you know, pe- streetwear's been something that, as I said, has lasted for a long time. It's a really good access point for people. You don't have to be someone who's too colourful. You know, there's a, it kind of caters to all. You do have the high-end, you know, stuff, but you also have kind of just the core products and the base tees and stuff, which... Yeah. You know, I'm pretty uh, Base tees
0: minimalist. are critical.
1: Yes. Oh, I mean, mate, I minimal swear. is the way, the way to go. <laughs> I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a white. You've got one black tee, one white yeah, tee. exactly. And I'm anti-sweat. I don't wear gray. <laughs> We've because... both got green shorts. It's hilarious. You should get a photo. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm very um, like that as well. We yeah. like fashion. So it was kind of just this access point, right? Yep. And just start a conversation, especially with young people because it was, it was engaging them. So um, what we decided to do was then host these kind of um, these VIP shopping experiences in store. So rather than kind of provide the VIP to the haves the of society, it was more so people who might not have had that opportunity before. And also being in a shopping center, you know, um, a lot of these places have had difficulty working out how can they help and what can they do. And people obviously coming into the center and how do we manage all this kind of stuff. So we got to actually educate them on, well, this is way you can kind of um, engage people and make it really productive um it's and so and cool it's such a cool idea i mean i think that's
0: my favorite thing that you do is the vip oh yeah dates. thank you
1: yeah look i think they they serve a really important purpose now and i'll explain kind of um i guess the um, the formula uh, and, and where it's at now. But it started out with essentially, yeah, inviting more of these services. So it was kind of a replica of that event we did, you know, um, in Fed Square in 2014. And yeah. we opened our doors to the public in June 2015 um, in Melbourne Central Shopping Centre. And the first service we had across, we invited the big issue. Love what they do. Love their model. Um, You've heard
0: the one now with Sally, our, our podcast, a few weeks ago? Yes, yes, Sally Hunter. Yeah. yeah, she's
1: an amazing woman. She's great. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's an absolute legend uh, and a real pioneer, I think. Um, and, and someone who is really good at um uh, i i guess um Saying how she sees it. Yep. Um, and we just, like the
0: straight shooters in this space. There's oh, no time cool. to muck around. No,
1: there isn't. There, honestly, <laughs> isn't. Yeah. No. So she's a, she's a wonderful person. But um, essentially, we invited the, the, the vendors in, and, and we had this amazing day where we kind of um, through the community. It was kind of if you buy a t-shirt, we'll give a t-shirt. You buy a long we'll so sleeve one t-shirt. So it's a one model. It was initially. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool because we got people to write on a sticky note and put it on the wall. We had this wall of support and it's the of support that would go along with the garments when they receive them. Invite them into the store. Shop for free. Get to choose five items of brand new clothing at their own discretion. So. That was really important. That actually, it was it was empowering. It wasn't one of those things where we're kind of going, "Here's a uniform." It was kind of choose your own sense of style, etc. And look, it wasn't just homie stuff. We had initially we had brands supporting us, uh, Sushi, Cotton On, and um, we had a really eclectic mix of stuff that was kind of populating the store because we were trying to still work out what we were, how we were doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I guess it, it grew from there in the sense that with those days it was also kind of the, the, the haircuts, the um, you know the food, coffee, and just obviously the the genuine conversation sort of type of things as well. So, it's a really good way to kind of um, engage with these people and um, just provide an experience that, you know, obviously wasn't going to solve the situation but might have made their day, their week, you know, Without going into the Friends song, but it might have made it a bit no, easier for. No, I think
0: I think it's it's critical, and and I think we know that kind of the value of um being well self maintained mm. is very important for well being for sure. So all that stuff that comes together, I think around self care, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and you can't you underestimate. Just have it. To look at um, you know some of the services are fitted for work in these kinds of places That's that brilliant women you know a, for success yeah yeah, yeah. work for success and they do a tremendous job, and I just think um the Look, I can't speak for people who are experiencing homelessness, but I, I can say from the outside and someone who's worked in this space, watching people go through these places mm. and how they look and feel about themselves afterwards, and the confidence and the opportunity yeah. it brings, it, it's very, um, it's very pleasing. It looks to be having quite an impact.
1: It is, yeah. And look, I think it also served another purpose and a real discovery mm. and a pivot point for us as well because um, initially yeah, that was kind of how we were operating and we were doing it voluntary, etc. And anyway, we kind of got to a place where um, the clothing itself that we were selling um, the most popular stuff became just the homie stuff, you know, with the monogram from her Facebook page, people wanted to kind of wear their values, you know, on their chest and back. That, people like that now.
0: Yeah. I think that's a newish thing, by the way, wearing your values. I, I feel like, well, maybe in our generation, but I think you, you see a lot more statements of values and compassion yeah, now in yeah, yeah. people's fashion than before.
1: I, I think it's really nice. And I also think it doesn't have to be kind of um, shoved down your throat. You know, I guess we've gone about it in a way that is kind of um, relatively unassuming and subtle in the sense that, you know, our tagline's label for the streets. It doesn't say anti-homelessness charity, et cetera. I mean, it's kind of if you know, you know. And that's also part of kind of that cool click sort of type thing as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. Like, we're yeah. seeing a lot more of it, and it's important. It's great to see, you know, and people walking down the street kind of nodding to each other, like, oh, yeah, you know, our, our hashtags, you know, be a homie, a homie being a person looks out for others. So, kind of that acknowledgement of, oh, you know, good on you. Um, sort of
0: I think it's a combination between great creativity, great insight, and good marketing, too. Yeah, yeah so, well, it's been quite. Thank you. And no, I it's, yeah.
1: it's been very um, very intuitive. I've got to say, a lot of yep. this stuff has just been, uh, you know, uh, learning through doing. Yep. Um, And really just kind of being validated by the people, you know, our customers as well as our beneficiaries, you know, in terms of, okay, this is where we want to kind of put our focus. So it kind of leads me to that, that next discovery, which is a big thing for us, was really um, through those VIP days, starting to have some, some young people come into our, our store, so some youth homelessness services. Um, and the feedback from these guys was, oh, I had an amazing time. I love the brand. Um, but I just, you know, I obviously love to come back. Like I, I've got no work experience. Um, I need a job. I've, I've got nothing on my resume. I'm finding it really hard out there. Is there a chance that I could come and sort of start working with you guys? So, you know, it was just natural for us. So sure thing, you know, I guess we needed people to help um, man the store. And as I said, it was a voluntary operation at that point in time, but it eventually became, you know, um, you know, casual pay positions. And then um, it's really come to this amazing place now, which I'm really proud of, which is essentially this kind of unique program um, that's called this Pathway Alliance that we've sort of established in the last couple of years, which is this structured retail training and employment program for these young people affected by homelessness and hardship. And essentially um, it's eight months of paid employment um, at a minimum of 16 hours a week, um, also a Cert Three. Um, in retail, it's delivered with an RTO. Um, so it's this really comprehensive program that we kind of created in collaboration with these these local youth homelessness services and then obviously um, with these young people and and now partnering with, you know I guess, organisations like Cotton On and, and Bonds and Champion and actually training their staff and, and their teams to be able to facilitate employment through their workplaces is kind of where it's getting to and where so it's So this at. is a
0: whole new avenue to create impact for you?
1: It's a massive, yeah. We're kind of outsourcing impact in a way, but it's killing two birds one stone because you're providing more opportunities, right? But at the same token, you're also... I guess for these um, these employees, you're helping to reduce that workplace stigma and educating their employees, um, yeah. which is really special. So you can kind of, it's 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 great to be able to tackle an issue from multiple angles. 100. percent I 100%, think, it's, I think it's, it's
0: the only way to do it if you're an innovator and you're a strategist too. So yeah, I see that as being really clever because I you know originally when I kind of looked at what you're doing, I thought I can see that the beneficiary here is just the person experiencing homelessness. But now I'm seeing kind of the other sides too, and it's yeah. it's really broader stakeholder. Look, there's a
1: stakeholder. It's like most operations organizations. Like there's a lot of minutia, you know, on, yeah. on, on the, on the Face value service level—it's a VRP days for us—and but the pathway alliance is where you know we're kind of really cooking the meal. Mm. And the the beauty of that is that we have these guys now. We've had nineteen graduates of our program, all who've moved into independent living situations, as well as being um, either part-time or full-time employed, which is amazing and off their own volition. So the the great thing is that these guys now come back to our VRP days, and it's it's exclusively now with youth homelessness services. And, And I guess the reason for us is given there's the issue itself, but there's obviously this sub issue which is. Is young people um, and 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 how it is so significantly reflected uh, in terms of you know it's a thirty eight up to forty percent now of that one hundred sixteen thousand and essentially where can we have the most value um, from a brand and also as a group of young people our our belief was really that notion of without trying to sound you know a bit tacky but breaking the cycle yeah so is that about getting more into that early intervention and prevention space for sure yeah I mean it's exactly right you know early detection you know um, intervention leads prevention it's really it's it's a prevention based model it's a it's a strength based you know, uh, model as well, mm. um, and essentially providing these guys with unconditional positive regard, mm. the necessary support in the appropriate areas. But um, the best thing is, these guys, when they go through our program and graduate, coming back and they then facilitate the VRP day experience. So you've got people, obviously, who um, essentially have come through and identified with us through the VRP day experience, and then they're actually facilitating for another young person and going, hey, and they change, you know, I guess they go from that end of the counter to this end of the counter. And that's kind of the most profound, I think, moment for us is that yeah. you see someone who, eight months ago was there as the customer mm. uh, and as a VIP shopper is now then someone who's serving this other young person. Yeah, well that, saying,
0: that's what we call a moment of impact that's very hard to replicate or understand without actually watching that.
1: That's a really good – but I love that term. Yeah. I, I I Exactly right. I mean, it gives me goosebumps when I talk about it because yeah. for us it's really special. Um, I can see
0: that and I can see how you think and talk about it, I mean, what it means to you. Mm. And I think, you know, setting out to create what you've created, you did so much more than what you expected, but to have that moment of kind of um, – changing of the guard. So, yeah. helping one person give that hand up and, you know, move up uh, through the system, it must be a real kind of um, a, a wonderful feeling.
1: It is. I mean, honestly, that's probably, for me, that's that's the highlight, you know, it's just seeing that person, you know, stand there confident, you know, their shoulders back, head up, you know, looking to this other young person in the eyes and saying, welcome, hey, you should apply for this program. Mm. I just did it. I've had a great time. I'm doing this now. Um, and then it seems to be working, you know, that's, that's, that's the beauty. I guess we're not working with hundreds of thousands of people as such but um we really pride ourselves on quality and, and as i said the the way we've gone about it is really collaborating with these local youth homelessness services to, to engage these young people so to make sure that they've got that base level of support so they've got you know access to housing and support that we can't provide and then obviously the opportunities to work at the homie Store, our, our alliance partners um, as well which is really cool and as i said also um the, the fact of educating that workplace and then with the customer, educating them on the issue itself but also our program. It's really cool to see that, that multi-pronged sort of Oh, yeah, or hitting attack. all the stakeholders. Trying I'm to. I'm curious, where did you get your
0: kind of um, your desire to work in the in the social space? Because you're talking about going on that bike ride. Mm, mm. So have you always wanted to kind of do um, charitable works or have some kind of involvement in this space?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think it's probably a, a number of different factors as such but probably some that are more um i guess um reflective of um, why i'm where i am now is that i mean for instance i kind of was very indifferent to this stuff to be honest at school Um uh, i was kind of involved with you know the sausages and all that kind of stuff and i got more and more increasingly so involved as i went on through through high school and then for me it was actually a moment with my own situation where um, mental health was something that I just didn't know about it didn't care about mm. you know played footy and you know all that kind of stuff and anyway it kind of was a big moment for me when I finished school I didn't have that structure and direction and I um, ended up being diagnosed with OCD mm. and I just you know I thought someone who was depressed was someone who was sad and needed to just smile again and yeah. all that kind of stuff and it just kind of really for me it was a it was a blessing as much as it was you know a really difficult time it was one of those things that kind of opened my eyes and I kind of went wow like I'm I'm pretty lucky like this is a pretty Ordering situation, but the same token, there are people who are far worse over than myself, and yeah. and that kind of, to be honest, is probably one of the more significant factors. And I'm not saying you have to have that experience by any means to be able to start oh, like this. No, but, but
0: I, I can imagine it must have led to a lot of introspection for you, and kind of also thinking about your own purpose.
1: I think empathy was a big thing to be honest and yeah and I was really motivated like I was kind of more so than I wanted to try and you know um, get on top of this thing was actually I wanted like, there are people who are doing it worse than me I know that sounds a bit lame again but it was kind of it was true no, I, it was a drive internally
0: a kind of a sick thing is that um you know when you're in that situation I've, I've been there myself yeah. with my own struggle is that helping people who you think might be worse off than you is a, actually a really good way to help both of you for
1: sure and I think you know there's also something that's to be said around and it's quite funny to say but when you're in the trenches together mm. and that notion of kind of you're not alone so that was big for me was like I'm I'm one of these guys and and once again when it when it led to obviously where I am now with working at home and you know, homelessness is that you know a lot of people whether you're experiencing homelessness or not you know have mental health issues um, and it's a really difficult thing to manage and um, it's even more so difficult when potentially you have the other pressures of instability in terms of your accommodation oh, yeah. and, you know disconnect from family and all these things. So Just for me, I kind of, as I said, my empathy developed above all else. Um, So I became a a bit of a different person, I think. It's a bit of an identity crisis, really, when it kind of first transpired. But um, I was really, and I am now, I look back and I'm very thankful for the, um, you know, for it to have actually transpired. Yeah, well, I think that sort of a great
0: leveling tends to happen when we hit our own personal crisis Mm. that we don't expect, where it's kind of, you, you realize once you've come through it, that every single person is only a few really bad things going wrong from ending up, where um the person you're trying to help is
1: absolutely uh, yeah and that's and, and, and case in point was this person obviously he, he'd gone to my school as well you yeah. know it was it really validated for me that yeah, it could happen to anyone, and how lucky i was to have you know a loving family and you know a house and all that kind of stuff so that was probably a, a big moment but also as i said another learning for me and something that was really important was to do it well to, to, to do what i'm doing um, with quality and care and diligence and i think that was the learning from that bike ride and you know even with that school and that teacher as such it was at okay um you know there are different ways to go about things but i wanted to make sure that it made sense to me yeah um that it was kind of attacking you know this i guess this um this issue in the right area as well and making sure that we'll maximize our impact for what we had so the other beauty obviously of being in Retail obviously is that it's the biggest employer of young people. You know, this industry itself is, is enormous. Um, so the the reality is that we're we're taking, I guess, the biggest group of people in terms of percentage experiencing homelessness and uniting them with this um, this industry that has enormous capability and capacity for. Them employment as well as the fact that it's a great conduit most of us began our professional careers working i, I think i started working at grill you know on the on the burgers that kind of stuff I love so, grill. yeah it's great i'm craving so good. right now actually but, so good. <laughs> but hospitality you know and 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 um and retail are like these these launching pads yep um and I, I think again. it's a rite
0: of passage almost it is. It really do your time is. in a retail or fast food kind of venture.
1: Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, that's kind of where we landed and, and that's where it's at now is that we're really, you know, as I said, trying to, with, with our impact, we're, we're helping others enable that and achieve that, um, who even aren't in charities in their own right, their businesses, yeah, which is wonderful. Um, but also, you know, I guess for our own brand, we're still, you know, trying to do as much as we can to start the conversation or hopefully finish it one day um but 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 really i guess um in essence um you know it's just about looking out for others that's our whole thing a home user person looks out for others
0: well i think i want to say that your approach in emphasizing the simplicity of the solution is is very clever and i think it's it's helped you a lot and i think it's it's no um, surprise to me that you've won a couple of awards recently for your great work and um you know, you humbly sort of say, um, and I think both of those, uh, articles that I read that just simplicity is a big part of mm. why you are where you are today. So I wonder if you can just sort of reflect on why simplicity is important and who, who helps you to kind of stay on track and keep yeah. things simple.
1: Oh, thank, first and foremost, thanks so much for your, for your kind words, obviously. And, and I think, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting consideration. As I guess it's come through experience and through trial and error, but essentially, um, for us, you know, like I said, I'm, I don't think of myself as, you know, a smart person, but I think we were clever in how we went about tackling this issue. And obviously, you know, we had a number of different people with a variety of skill sets involved in, in it. And as you say, these issues, like, they are complex. Like homelessness is very complex. and But at the same token... The solution needs to be, it's like when I was at school and I was taught to treat others how you want to be treated, right? It's like, it's a one person at a time, case by case basis yep. is, is an approach that is going to take a long time and resource intensive, but it's probably the best possible chance we have of ensuring that we can you know, eradicate an issue like homelessness in its entirety. So, mm-hmm. it was a simple practice set. So as I said, I learned from a teacher in primary school. Um, there was something for, for me. Uh, and then my mum always said, my parents have been great, but my mum always said um, growing up that, you know, people will forget what you say and do, but they'll always remember, hey, make them feel. Uh, and that was really important in yeah, terms of.
0: I use that quote literally all the time.
1: Yeah, and no, no, I know she certainly <laughs> didn't uh, you know, she, she copyright copywriter obviously. It wasn't, you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's it's so important. No, I
0: just mean that um, it's a really great quote.
1: Yeah, it, it really is, isn't yeah. it? And I think, um, yeah, I, I guess that, that notion of simplicity was that we're really trying to say, like, it's not too hard like this this kind of stuff can be looked at from a logical perspective let's think about it you know the way that we've tackled it is going okay here's the issue um, how do we kind of make our biggest mark as an organisation? It was about providing a value add, doing an assessment of what already exists. There's no point in us trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, can we complement something that's that's already out there and existing and, yeah. and add some value to the system and to the sector? And that's essentially what we were able to identify was that there was this void, um, this opportunity for employment was, was, was big. Um, there was a need for it and it was coming from these people. You know, literally it was coming from a young person saying, I need a job. So, you know, how better, you know, validation can you get that this is required than than, you know the person you're trying to support telling you face to face so that was kind of something for us I was like okay we can do this you know we need stuff like it was a natural you know marriage and and learning that just transpired so i like to think that um yeah essentially with all these issues i mean you know there are complexes around you know everything in life really and um but I, I also think there are some there's some practices of kind of just you know listening. Well, I, I
0: hear so much about how complex homelessness is, mm. the experience, and you know solving homelessness. I'm mean, quoting, yeah. if anyone can't see, which no one can. But, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, there's no solving panacea to solve homelessness at this stage. But I think what's refreshing is how you kind of have started, you fanned up rather than fanned down. Mm. So you take the simple approach. You start with a person by person, and yeah, um, add add value through a service. I was curious about um you know i think you bring diverse perspectives which is great to the problem solving mm. do you have a board or kind of mentor or mm. um, who do you kind of Look up to and sort of say, hey, we've got this approach. Uh, Here's what's working. Here's what we need help with.
1: For sure. Yeah. Look, we've been very fortunate in terms of, um, you know, having, you know, a great functioning board for a number of years now. And, you know, I guess the way that that transpired was through kind of, you know, trial and error of a few things. So one person came through, I did like the Social Traders Crunch, sorry, Social Traders Crunch program a few years ago. Um, And and one of the guys um, was supposed to be associated with another organization. Um, That fell through. And then I gave him a call and just told him what we were doing, gave him the five minute elevator pitch. And he's been, you know, a wonderful, addition and it kind of just grew from there. Um, one of the people that we're really lucky to have, um, we have the former sort of head of um, I, I, I guess the psychiatric the, the unit at the Alfred Hospital um, is, is, is um, one of our board members and she's just a wonderful, very um, eclectic kind of um, skill set um, and you know someone who's just an amazing she's a grandmother now but you know was on a radio show, she's hosting, um, is involved in various community projects, but also just the insight that she brought. Um, in regards to working with these young people and setting our expectations um, you know, in terms of okay, this is going to be the journey, and it's not going to all be obviously rosy, etc. And mm. just kind of um, for us providing that clarity that this stuff is hard, yeah, and you, it's hard to for a reason, persistent, exactly. And, and I think um, you know people are deterred easy, and mm. it was also kind of that that was instilled within us is that okay, um, once we understood okay, case, it's going to be a bit trickier than what we thought mm. in terms of it's not going to be sort of a straightforward journey.
0: Were you a group who was spurred on by the idea that the hard things are the things that are worth doing? So I think
1: as we learned, Bite down on it in in a way. I think yeah, exactly. I think yeah. we, we we had this kind of. Um, this this phrase that was coined by her and she goes you guys you know we're not putting out the menus we're cooking the meal we're in the kitchen great that was good for us and that was like you're right we are you know what and it's taking time and it's taking money and it's taking resource but it's worth it and the end product was obviously you know a a really wonderful and i I shouldn't use the term product but you know the end result really was you know a young person who you know had a really i guess increased sense of self-confidence you know far greater life skills um, and just seemed happier in general, and that was that was important. So, kind of, we took solace and pride in the fact that, you know what, um, you know, it's it's it's, and this is another thing that she sort of spoke to us about was that, um, you know, we can't do everything for everyone, but we can do something for someone. Well, said. And, and we'd rather make sure that we could do it in the area where we can be most effective. And our and our belief was working with young people, um, we can obviously hopefully help with these guys who we're putting through our program and who are having these you know wonderful results. Is that. They are, um, if they were to revert back into this cycle, which we would hope that wouldn't be the case, but um, they are far better prepared to take themselves out of it off their own volition than what they were previously to being involved in this program. So, even if there might be hiccups in life, which there are for all of us, this person is better prepared and, and equipped, which is important as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's critical, the last part, just the ups and downs people have. And it's never a linear kind of line from no bad way, yeah. to great. Yep. Uh, it's always, you know, uh, a, a squiggly line that kind of has lots of bends and turns. It is, absolutely. Um, what I was going to ask you was – um how do you think about um, in your space growing like sort of how do you scale what Mm. you're doing because I I think you are hitting impact in a number of ways across stakeholder groups so what what comes next for you and what are you excited about doing well we talk about sort of
1: conscious expansion is really important and and not parting off more than we can choose so we are very aware of what we can and can't do and and where we can add real value so obviously this alliance is really important because we're you know we're working with you know people in the community Um, they support services um, and also currently trying to expand our kind of offering through these resources retail partners. So really for us, employment is the name of the game at the moment. Um, and obviously trying to increase the capacity but ensuring quality and that's really important because obviously when we go to another retailer as such, you know, the staff that work in our store have been with us for a number of years, they, they've had, you know, a lot of experience and it's to make sure that we can pass on the right education information and have the, the right infrastructure for them to facilitate just as much of a quality experience for this young person as we've been able to so far, um, but also diversification within kind of, um, you know, the industry. This And working with these brands has been amazing to kind of see that retail is not just working on a shop floor. Yep. You know, you look at Cotton On, it It's got got like a whole court it owns, you know, as such in in Geelong. It's like Geelong is almost cotton on. And, you know, the amount of staff that they have there and the opportunity for expansion and aspiration there as well. Um, And the other brands working with, Haynes Brands as well, it's very similar is that it's amazing to see what is available out there within this industry itself. Um, So really trying to explore, you know, potentially we'd love to be able to have one day people who are you know working in fulfillment and graphic design and marketing and all that kind of stuff associated with their own brand but also within these departments of these other organizations so really trying to Make sure that we can kind of expand, you know, horizontally as well as vertically is, yep. is really important. But I guess I, I preface that by saying that quality is just so important. It's it's, it's critical to our success um, and we pride ourselves on it. So, we might not be churning out enormous numbers as such in terms of our intakes and, and all the rest of it, but we would much rather make sure that this person has, you know, as good an experience as can possibly be the case. So, that's one thing. Yep. Um, but also, I guess, you know, from our perspective of brand amplification, you know, if we want homie to be a house, name. We want people to to know about what we're doing, know about who we're supporting and why we're supporting them in particular and the logic behind that as well is really important, as I said. So there's kind of a couple of things. You look at it from the fashion perspective, you know, obviously, and we're involved in VAMP again this year, which is really exciting and got some really cool brand collaborations happening with some major brands that we're working with currently. Um, It's going to be wonderful for us, um, you know, throughout this year. And for us, yeah, it really is. Hopefully, it can become something that essentially I'd envisage, you know, ultimately like a, a hub. Um, for for an, an alternative sort of education resource, telling me mean, to be potentially like a quasi TAFE university where you could deliver practical experience, paid, you know, um, solutions as such for these young people um, in a variety of different areas um, would be amazing. And I guess just to ensure that it could be done with quality and care and diligence. So, certainly aspirations to be able to obviously expand interstate and all the rest of it. Um, but at the same token, we would never want to compromise on, you know, quality of delivery. So, Working currently with kind of 16 to 25-year-old, you know, I guess um, is kind of our, our focus area as well. I'm looking to amend that potentially as well down the track. But as I said, for some people, school's not for them. Education in that way might not be the right place. You know, practical learning and also, you know, paid as well is really important. Oh, yeah. the provision of income is, is really critical to that journey um, out of homelessness as well. So, just kind of something like that would be amazing for us. But um, one step at a time. I mean, I'm a day-by-day guy, honestly. If I thought about the rest of this year or next year, I'd I'd probably implode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How do you
0: kind of think about the space in terms of your own role as advocates or kind of thought leaders? Do you Mm. step into that or do you kind of leave that to others and just do the doing?
1: Great question. Yeah, I think – once again, it's about sort of for us staying in our lane and, and, and speaking where appropriate. I think, um, you know, there's there's a lot of noise, there's a lot happening um, and there are a lot of people doing amazing stuff as well. So it's important that we obviously, you know, we're not the premier solution as such, we're something that I guess we're trying to, you know, complement um, what already exists. Yeah. Do you get sure tapped
0: that. quite often to sort of uh, comment and give expert opinion on things? Oh,
1: look, you know, it was really a great honour for us the other day. We actually, there was a Victorian Homelessness Inquiry and they they asked us to provide some evidence about our program and the results and, you know, our kind of take on the climate, etc., mm-hmm, and all the mm-hmm. rest of it. So we'll speak where kind of asked to, but at the same token, I mean, I think for us, um, what we're doing is working really well. Um, and for us, it's really about the connections with the services that we're you know working with as well and asking, what do you guys need from us? And how can we add value? Because these are people who, to be honest, are, they're in the coal face, You know, people who are working, you know, um, a drop-in centre or all the rest of it. Um, you know, we're, we, we get young people when we work with them um, who already have a really good foundation and level of support as well. So it's important to acknowledge, you know, these parties because it's, I guess success is various stakeholders involved in assessing the young person throughout our program and it's just as much a support worker who's, you know, touching base with to them on a weekly basis and, and all the rest of it than it is obviously us and our program. But to think that we can play a part in that and in our minds rectify and, and feel comfortable and take souls in the fact that we're doing something that's making a real difference, um, that's really great. But I, look, I hope so. I hope we can become more and more recognized and our approach can be validated um, and, and looked at and kind of accepted as you know a really interesting case study um, or maybe a spark that lit the fire around, okay, this is a means of um, doing something and doing it well. And this is a model we can look at you know, we look at Street and, you know, what an amazing enterprise and initiative. Mm. And they certainly are someone, you know, that we look up to and have been wonderful and, you know, their knowledge share and all the I'm rest sure of I it. I'm sure
0: they also look up to you.
1: Well, I, look, I think um, they're, they're really great people. Like we, we're, we literally work around the corner from each other now and what are they've been be able to achieve. Cromwell street? Yeah, pretty yeah. close. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think um, just kind of the, the savvy of their model, you know, and you look at kind of the way that they developed out that site by having, you know, artisan bakery and a roastery and people working and serving the coffees in the cafe and just kind of, you know how diverse kind yeah. of their and eclectic their offering is. I think yeah. it's really special. So there's a
0: lot of similarities there with with um, I think your Bob well, and what you're doing.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know to be honest, like that really helped us in in regards to helping shape the program and their own insights and all the rest of it. And it's wonderful you have people like that who are willing to share. Yeah, you know, and, and, and and as you say, people who are thought leaders. You know, Beck Scott's an incredible woman. I like Beck a lot. I like her team. I think anyone who's got um, a pinboard
0: like Beck does in her office with uh, string lines linking different ideas. Yeah, I think yeah. it's that kind of creative. Uh, and incisive systems thinking that mm-hmm. can help
1: you tackle really hard problems. And where are you best placed? I mean, you know, I know that yeah. Beck, for instance, you know, um, had sort of said more recently when I saw her was that, you know, still just a lot of grant writing. You know, that's something that she's very good at Yeah, and she focuses on that. Oh, that's then. interesting. Yeah, I would have thought that. And, 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 and nor did I when I had that mm. conversation, but you know, um, it may have changed since that's transpired, but someone who just knows, okay, this is really important for me to be doing, obviously doing a, a variety of other things. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really good in, to see that people still, yeah. you know, you have your set of skills and you kind of obviously stick to that as well. So hey, what,
0: what are you great at? Because I think, I oh, think I, I <laughs> you're too modest, but I figure you would to be great, um, meetings with, um, partners kind of guy. I appreciate with, that, like mate. Yeah,
1: I, I really, I really enjoy that. That's yeah. probably to me. But obviously, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that's interesting, right, because um, I don't get to do a lot of the face-to-face work with young people. And, and that's, you know, a good thing and a bad thing. For me personally, you know, I'd love to be able to have more of a connection, et cetera. But I'm best placed, as you say, potentially to be – I love talking to people. I love sharing my passion for what we're doing and, and others who are doing things similar. Um, so, my favorite thing is really to meet a new person and give them the homey sell mm. – become part of our program or maybe if you want to give us some money that'd be great or whatever, whatever it is but I, I really do enjoy that I think yeah, um, save it for the end of the show mate there'll be time, <laughs> there'll be time. no no but the, the spontaneity I think um, you know it's, it's amazing that anything can happen I mean my day tomorrow is you know meeting the team in the morning and then I'm at the keys we're doing two school talks I love doing that yeah uh, and then I'm meeting that night so that I sounds I like just, great fun
0: I, I think you're it strikes me
1: that um, you're
0: doing CEO right
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Well, look to an extent, I mean, maybe i I hope I'm not neglecting too much of the, uh, the the business uh, element and side of things, which is yeah. always a consideration. But look, as so I said, you've got to, I
0: mean, I think it's so important for you to sell the vision. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think that's everything. In, and balance
1: know. as well. I, you yeah. know, I love being on the road, like, you yeah. know, as opposed to sitting at my desk. But it, that's really what I love about my job, uh, what we're doing, um, is the ability to be flexible, the ability to be able to, one day, I'm, I'm talking to young people, students. Mm. Next day, I might be talking to someone who I never thought I'd be able to meet in my entire life. And, you know, it's all this kind of stuff where it just anything can happen. So that's it's nice to be able to have. It gives you access. It really does to a world that might not have otherwise been possible.
0: Now, put yourself in my shoes for a second. Who would you most like to talk to? Um, who's in your network um, mm. that you know you would suggest to be a good guest for the show?
1: Well, <laughs> there are a lot. Obviously, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> well, you, as a
0: listener, who would you like to hear from? Oh you know- wow,
1: that's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I've got a particular interest. Um, I guess um, for people who are working obviously in a means in which we are to an extent um, in the sense that I love people who are tackling issues. Um, as you say, I mean, I would have said like someone like Sally, obviously, but you've, you know, already- Too late. Had <laughs> but I love, I love initiatives that kind of, um, as I said, kind of a, a really uh, meticulous in kind of their operation and and there's a lot more, as you say, behind kind of the, the shine of what, you know, you see up front. Yeah. Um, shine is a
0: bit of a distraction, I think, in this space. I mean, it's very it's very easy to say, oh, yep, um, they're the you know the main player in town and they've got the best yeah, marketing and whatnot. Yeah. But I think I like your um, your uh, metaphor for, you know, people who are doing the unglamorous or the less glamorous work in the trenches who mm. are maybe not the first ones to hit up your email and clog it up and say, oh, I need to come on your show. Yeah, you're yeah. Kind of,
1: you can't... So two guys, that are, I was just thinking, and actually, that are two fellows that I that I've heard um, speak, and they're amazing. And we we actually are mm. doing so. We connected with work um, and relate to our programs um, ongoing. But Hugh Van Slyndenberg, obviously from Resilience Projects, is, oh you know, him? yeah, yeah, he's an amazing. Yes, and uh, replied to my LinkedIn. Request uh, I'll yet, try so and uh, <laughs> I'll give him a bump. Hopefully, I'll give him a, give him a nudge. He's, a, he's an amazing guy. Yeah, really. Good. And then I and Hunter Johnson well, is also for to, me, um,
0: I've I've had Hunter on, luckily. Uh, a oh, he's also awesome. he's fantastic, and um, Hugh, I listened to Hugh's book when we were in uh, Patagonia over the break. And right, I just thought it was terrific. You know, yeah. How punchy can you get in a few hours of content? Those just, guys, uh, mate.
1: I, I sat there, um, and I felt like I'm like these guys are just – They're so a, the group of you three. next, next level that's a formidable the, group. Next level. I mean, h- hearing these guys talk, I've been to sort of intimate presentations by those guys, and so articulate.
0: Yeah, they, I, I think there's like talks and there's talks, and those guys are you know that's that they're in the business of. You know, crafting yeah. and distributing mass messages, and they're so good at it. Oh, for sure! Look, if you could
1: yeah. get Brené Brown, obviously that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah, but- <laughs> sure, sure. I'll, see, I'll see what I can do. We'll work on that, but uh, <laughs> no. Like, they, like I said, they're people that I've, I've I've seen, and I've really just I've felt it. I've I've really kind of I've sat there, and literally they had me. You know, I was, the whole time I was like, this is just you know I was um, in awe. So yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give um, Hugh a nudge for you. Yeah, that'd be. But he's awesome. a great, and he's ex- extraordinarily busy. I mean, he's driving around yeah, the country yeah, every yeah. day, you know, yeah. delivering talks, and I imagine how exhausting that'd be because I'm knackered after tomorrow when I do two school talks, yeah. but um, I'll absolutely give him a nudge for you. Yeah,
0: that will be awesome. Thanks, mate. Um, do you have any sort of quotes or expressions that you try and live by each day?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, I guess I probably, the advice that I receive, you know, from from Sal, that notion um, I spoke about earlier that person on our board, and that for me, um, it's, it's important to, as I said, you know, that that you can't do anything for everyone, but someone for someone for me is really important to keep telling myself that, because obviously it's you can get so overwhelmed at times, um, you know, by... Um, the kind of um, the, the gravity of the you know situation that you're trying to tackle. Um, I always think from a from a business um, perspective that core heads prevail. Uh, is something that Very um, good. I've, I've learned um, a lot, um, and um, as I said, that what my mum told me and I said that quote that you love as well is that notion of making people feel. Yeah, and how do you make them feel? And just really trying to make sure that I really, you know, it is. You know, at times I can come home exhausted because I like to give all of myself, you know, to people that I meet and when I'm at work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But authenticity is probably a word I would use. Uh, and I'm getting better at that because I'm someone who um, tries to please people uh, or have been in the past um, and, and wasn't very good at having the difficult conversations and all the rest of it. But um, I think I'm trying to practice authenticity and and smell the roses. My, my psychologist talks to me a lot about stopping and smelling the roses in life. Do you so practice I- any of the gem stuff
0: from Hugh's work?
1: Um, funnily enough, I, I think... Um, I have made excuses not to in the sense that I probably go to myself, I'm too busy when I'm not too busy. Yep. Um, I, I constantly, there are things that I should be doing and, yep. and, and want to be doing, but I'll tell myself that I'm too tired. I'm doing this, okay. all this kind of stuff. I'm going to
0: share an app with you that's um, been a game changer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Please. When we finish up, I, please. It's not a secret. It's called Presently. Okay. Uh, that's a tremendous gratitude app. How okay, so wonderful. Just at the end of the day, takes a couple of minutes. You put in your top three things that you're grateful for that day. Great. And um, it's actually a very pleasurable experience. Yes. And then um, you sort of, I guess it's like, you know, the kids with the streaks and Snapchat and whatnot. But you get streaks. Yeah, so, right. That's cool. So yeah, I should. I, I, I need it. to. Yeah.
1: Honestly, mate, I appreciate it. I, I, I will probably, yeah. I, I need to. If I can add any value something. to
0: your life beyond this conversation,
1: it'll be that. Well, this has been so. wonderful. So, no, mate, <laughs> thank you. appreciate that very much.
0: My pleasure. Um, maybe we'll just end on one final question. I'm curious about kind of reading and, and books and learning it. Mm. Any books that you're kind of on? Are you a reader? You're an audio book listener? Just a podcast listener?
1: So I'm a, I'm a massive uh, movie man. That's yep. uh, why often when there's been a. Um a book I've watched the film adaptation, obviously, but no, look, yeah. I, I um, probably one um, for mine was, I read this book called the The, the five levels of readership, sorry, leadership, not readership. Um, and that was really interesting in terms of, cause obviously the nature of um, position that I'm, I'm working in. And it talks about this kind of, I think it's the five P's and I, I won't try and reel off all of them, but it talks about how with each person that you work with, and engage with, you know, it comes from a situation of like, if I'm an assumed leader, it comes from initially, if I have met someone, haven't had a relationship, hadn't had no dialogue and they're new to the team, then it's privilege that's got me to the, uh, it's position that's got me to the. You know, um, situation of being their, their boss as such. Um, but you need to work towards getting permission from this person to lead them, etc. And just that kind of stuff really helped me. So, That's interesting. Who, who's the writer of that one? Uh, I, I, I do apologise. It's, it's a New York Times bestseller. I'll, um, I'll be to look it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit of a, a deep dive. One of our um, board members actually recommended it to me. It was, it was really great because it just kind of, you know, for, for me, it helped to, to reset that and, and also that you have to revisit these things. So it just doesn't, once you've established that level, you have to continue to nurture and, and, and water that because it doesn't just exist and role and is that
0: quite a good compass for you in your kind of
1: leadership role oh absolutely yeah it's been a really great resource and just i I, to be honest i'm a guy who um as i said simplicity is key for me i think um and my mind works at a million miles an hour like a lot of people you know obviously but um just the kind of simpler the better for me so that was something that just was very easy for me to kind of um, understand acknowledge and then implement
0: I'm so grateful for you for sharing that and for coming in today and just sort of sharing all your insights and your story. How can people kind of learn a bit more about your work and connect with you should they want to do so? Oh,
1: pleasure, mate. No thanks so much for having me it's been um, it's really nice I think um, as, a, as a side note it's it's often when you're as I said in the coalface in the trenches working day to day you often you don't get the opportunity to reflect and smell the roses um, and, and and this kind of when I get to talk to people and go back to the very start and tell the journey and then each person picks out stuff that is different um, and it helps me kind of appreciate it more so thank you for the experience the opportunity to do that because sure. it makes my night a bit, a bit better obviously um, so look I, I think obviously you know we have a website obviously homey.com.au um, access to obviously you know all our products is is there and it's you know it's a shop but it also some really um great information um there kind of in our um our impact page um which you know some wonderful videos of people who've gone through our program you know testifying to what it's done for them um kind of the the nature of how it's structured etc i might not have articulated as well as um people wanted it to be heard um at the same token um that's probably the best place our instagram from a looking at a window to our store as such online would be the best place to, to check it out.
0: people want to hit you up. Can they go by LinkedIn or for sure? Yep. LinkedIn's probably, yep. yeah,
1: I, I'm a big LinkedIn man. Um, yep. My email is nick at yep. Um, so that's probably, I'm, I'm really good with emails and phone calls. Um, I, I'd say phone calls even more. So, so I would, if someone emailed me, I'll link in my phone number to have a face to face chat. Nice. Excellent.
0: Well, thank you so much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure,
1: mate. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you
0: enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button in your podcast player or the link in today's episode notes. Why not share the podcast with your networks? After all, 62% of our subscribers come from word of mouth recommendations and social shares. You could also leave us a five-star review and some kind words in the iTunes store. If you love what we do each week and want to support the show, you should join our growing community of Patreon supporters or consider becoming a show sponsor. To learn more about all of that, just head to humansofpurpose.com.